for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Well, we're back and ready to go. Oh yes, this week we chat to Belsky, it's Terry's Big Five-O and we catch up with all things Talk to the Rainbow. Yes we do, all here, right now, in the next hour on Shout Out. Now, just too. a little bit different this week, as in we're remoting into the studio. You what? Yeah, we're Is remoting it into again? the studio. <laughs> lockdown? This for you two. Weird. No, <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah, and Terra's hibernating under the stairs, and is frightened to come out of his house because he's going on a cruise and he doesn't want to get COVID. So he just f- doesn't like play. us anymore. Well, he did have some bad luck with his previous, didn't yeah, he? Just and kidding, so, Andy. Yeah. So we love you lots and hope you have a nice time. So Andy's away for the next few weeks enjoying himself while we sweat over a hard, hard radio studio. (laughs) Not a soft one. No, not a soft one Not a squishy one. No. A hard radio station. Hey, guess what? It's only Terra's 50th. What the heck? (gasps) Yeah. Shocking. Not our very own radio Terry star. The person that was there at the start of Shout Out Radio. Indeed, the very same. When did that start, Terry? What what gave you the idea? Um, Well, I'd always had an idea kicking around in my head that we needed an LGBT plus radio show right from the earliest days of community radio. So... uh, Enter the uh, Labour Party in 1997, which introduced legal community radio in the UK many years after it had been introduced in continental Europe or Australia or America. And I thought I'd write a pricey. I was off work for some time in 2009 for various reasons, and uh, I wrote uh, a sort of ten-part series, which uh, became Shout Out, although it took a lot of input from a lot of other people. But the basic format of a couple of interviews and a bit of music and so on, what's ons and news, uh, has stayed pretty much the same over the years. Is, uh, is we got a commission for BCFM. We're a bit stale. Are you you want to freshen us up? Well, in this weather, we could all do with a bit of freshing up. That is absolutely true. I know. It is sweltering. I'm regretting not going into the BCFM studios, which are (laughs) air-conditioned. I get a chill going in there. If I know I'm going in there, it's worse than when I have to go to the cinema in Bristol. I've got to take extra layers. I'd have my thermals on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's rather... I'm rather moist. Yes. Like a nice Victoria sponge. Really? Yeah. You reckon? <laughs> <laughs> I had a cold Taurus, bath earlier um, and it was we, lovely. I tell you, we've um, really sorry to um, Emma J, who was going to be coming yeah. in last week. We had to cancel because of COVID. Now we've had to cancel again this week. So, bless her. Thank you so much for being understanding, Emma. And she is coming in next week. Yeah, thank you, Emma. Um, and she'll be telling us all about her trip to Florida. Florida. Mm. And um, I tell you... What was also disappointing is we were going to be chatting to Jordan Gray, but they did the Bristol 
um, stint, and now they're ill. So the the Birmingham mm-hmm. uh, show has been cancelled. And so. you know she's she never she's never real, as in she never cancelled. No. She she just just keeps no. calm and carries on. Yeah. Well, she so contacted get well us soon, last Jordan. week to say, look, mm. um, I'd like to chat, and we can sort of chat about her new shows and that. And um, and now she's ill, bless her. So that the COVID seems to be the the latest yeah, the r- rendition seems to be uh, hitting the country hard currently. Mm. Yeah. Well, you've had it a couple of weeks now. I don't know, actually. I think you're putting it on a bit. Really? Yeah. You reckon? Just to keep me in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to do everything, you know, listeners. You didn't put the washing, the washing machine. I've done the... Yeah. Don't, no. don't, I can't make eye contact okay, with you, Tara. Okay, <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing. I'm not allowed to do that because, um, listeners, you might not know this, but um, I basically live with Monica Geller. <laughs> Isn't that right, Mon? Oh, now I'm getting the death stare. Listeners can't see what we're doing, but it did burn then a little bit. It did? Yeah. Okay, in the side of the skin. Laser sharp eyes. A little red dot has appeared. Now we've got, uh, Tora's going to be giving us uh, the latest update on Talk to the Rainbow. So looking forward to that, because I think it's quite a while now, isn't it, Tara? You gave us the last oh, update. Six of, months, I think, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and you've yeah. got some new stuff and coming Yeah, we've life. got things on the on the pipeline we would like to start thinking about. Okay. And we'd like some feedback as well, potentially, just to kind of see what Excellent. what people want as well, what the community need. Okay, now, um, Terry um, threatened me with violence if, I, if he didn't choose all of the tracks <laughs> on, on tonight's show. So don't blame me. But, I mean, some of them are quite nice, Terry. It's always somebody else's fault, <laughs> isn't it? Always. Uh, <laughs> so we're moving away from the 60s and 50s, are we? Uh, yeah. So, um, hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, so stand by for a little bit of Empire of the Sun. The Shout Out Podcast. What a lovely track that is. Empire of the Sun, We Are the People. Well chosen, Mr. Star. Oh, thank you very much. I love that a little bit, a little bit I did. Yeah, it's a really good, good group. Good group. This is, that's from their title, uh, their first eponymously titled album uh, ah, okay. from 2009. Okay. Oh. Uh, I was saying I have heard group. it, but I sorry, I interrupted you. I just got excited. I haven't heard that for probably ten years. Mm. Well, hang yeah. on, it hasn't been out that long, is it? Not good with numbers. 2000. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> been a long time. Fourteen years since that was released. Yeah, but it's a good track. <laughs> yeah, and they're a good little band. Oh, so good I'm not sure that. what else they've released. Only two albums, as far as I know. Okay. Ah, okay. Okay, and more from your um, chosen tracks coming up. I won't tell ah. the listeners what is coming up, but they're really interesting and uh, and really well chosen. Thank you. Um, and uh, Tara, talk to the rainbow. So first of all, Tara, Hello. before we get into what's what's happening right now and what is about to happen, give us a bit of background about how uh, you started. Uh, talk to the rainbow no oh, so it was started with my friend hugo um, it was an idea that we had while we were practicing at swan in a voluntary role we decided that there wasn't enough space for lgbt community for therapy people would find that they would find a therapist and then pot luck whether a therapist would be lgbt friendly or not i mean bristol's not a bad city for it in the first place but you just never know what you're going to get when you walk through the door and what we found was that people would meet therapists and they'd have to educate the therapist on the LGBT part of the life. And that's not what therapy is. The therapy shouldn't be there to educate the therapist. You should be there for someone to be able to talk freely and openly about what, what, they, what's, what matters to them. 
Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting because, uh, listeners, if you didn't know, I, I uh, am part of Talk to the Rainbow as a LGBTQIA plus therapist. And um, when you spoke to me, Tara, initially about it, um, that's something that we spoke about. And I've had many therapists over the last 15 or so years, and um, not one of them was LGBT. And mm. as wonderful as, as they were, and they were, um, I did have to do a lot of explaining. Um, yeah. Things like trans non-binary, genderqueer, um, pansexual, demisexual. Um, and again, not their fault, but it, it did feel like a bit of a disadvantage um, taking up some of the sessions with, with having to explain those things, sometimes a couple of times, because they're quite complex things. If, if you don't know about it, and or you're not part of the LGBT community, it can come as an unknown um, and you want them to know. But what's lovely about about Talk to the Rainbow is uh, we are all LGBT. Yeah. And I think the other thing to note there is that you don't have to be LGBT to come to us. So we, we do get, and we've encountered this now, we get a lot of family members that want their trans, queer, questioning teenagers or young adults to come to us and they want them to find therapists that's going to work for them and I find that's quite I think that warms my heart when I get encounter that really you know they're wanting to help them do you mean the parents get in touch because they want their children to go to LGBT therapists uh, or the other way around yeah parents and grandparents you know it's always it's always just it's just really nice to hear that because I always hear you often hear the worst stories where parents that have rejected their mm-hmm. child or you know you meet someone in their 20s where they are not in contact with the parents anymore because they don't get queer or they don't get trans mm. Mm. Yeah. absolutely and um yeah just to explain i don't see those that that contacts so i i get the uh, the <laughs> other side i get i get allocated the clients and it's and it's and it's a mm. it's wonderful the way in which it works and um it's been amazing to see to see it grow because of course this was before lockdown um, that talked to the well, we, yeah we started right on it I mean it yeah. was it was a crazy time I mean unfortunately the person I, I set it up with actually died during mm. the pandemic not from but actually the they died from a drink overdose mm. basically you know so it's continued now it was originally supposed to be a company but we're now going to change it over to CIC Mm-hmm. So company and community. So we're just going through that process at the moment with the paperwork so that it'll stand on its own two feet. So any money that it makes will get turned back into the community, basically. So mm-hmm. it's not it's going to be a not-for-profit, if you like. Fantastic, fantastic. So what is coming? What What's what's, what's the next sort of six months to a year looking like for, for Talk to the Rainbow? All right, so some of us when we talk to the Rainbow are looking to set up a room and have some space that's available so as people can do therapy in a physical sense again because I think everyone's going back into the room mm. less people are actually wanting to use Zoom now I know from a therapist practice my practice I want all my clients back in the room now to be honest you know I miss that yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's really interesting because um, I I only I've only ever since being with you only ever worked from home and uh, for some clients it's so useful for them you know it works it's so well with their lives you know especially people that work from home or I've got clients in London um, and other parts of Liverpool and other parts of the country um, but I have had clients and I too have felt this that have shared you know I really miss just walking into that separate space <laughs> you know I miss not being you know I miss 
being in in that presence of somebody who I'm sharing with rather than in my own room looking at a screen speaking to yeah I miss the fact that actually sometimes someone doesn't even want to sit in a seat they want to sit on the floor and feel really grounded or lie or they want to play with cards or they want to play with object and that, that to me is what I'm missing at the moment that real ability to adapt to whatever the client's requirements are yeah the, the screen is quite interesting i've started now going making sure all my clients i meet in a kind of physical sense even mm. if it's just once in a, once a quarter mm. you know do a walk and talk just to get to make that connection so that's why the rooms are and the idea of the rooms are as well is that one of the room one of the four rooms is going to be for lower cost availability okay and and they kind of like not six months time but maybe 12 months two years we're looking to potentially see have a go at setting up some supervision and setting up allowing lgbt therapists to actually practice in lgbt as students rather than actually having to go in placements where they can't do it not not quite true because mine do offer that as well Mm -hmm. but there's so many people out there requiring therapy at the moment yeah so people as well um well, you mentioned there, or part of that was that when people are training to become full, uh, fully qualified therapists, you have to, of course, obtain a, a crew a certain amount of hours, which you do via volunteering your time. Um, yeah. I did mine in Weston for uh, New Dawn counselling, um, and uh, that was way before lockdown, so that was very much in person. Um, but uh, it sounds like you'd be sort of welcoming anybody into that space, but that for LGBT people who are in training, it would be an incredible yeah. opportunity to so gain the idea, that experience. We, tr- we try it with four people and see how it goes. And we're, we're just trying to do the best we can. So I'm talking to, I'm going to talk to my training college and see what other things we need to make sure that we make the proper holding space for yeah. that to happen. So we've had people ask us already. We all said, <laughs> said no, but it's left that kind of question in the back of their minds. What can we do to facilitate that? Because we're not just here for people that want therapy. We should be here for the, the LGBT therapists as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um, it's very important because we can, um, just by default, because of the way things kind of have, have become, we can start to feel quite isolated and it can creep up on us. Yeah, um, I don't think they explain that when you go in training, that actually once you finish training, where well, you train in a group of 20 people, you know them intimately, you know, you know, their, you know a lot about them, and then you go into private practice, and all of a sudden you've got your supervi- supervision and the connections you've had from other placements, and that's that's really important. Yeah, I think, I mean, I can only talk for myself here, but I've, I've felt quite lonely at times you know um throughout lockdown especially um working in therapeutic field is you know absolutely love my job um and care very much for for all of my clients but it is you are on your own you know it's it's one-to-one you leave that space you're on your own again (laughs) so it's about getting back into that the community spaces i suppose And then we've now got three therapists that are actually supervisors as well within the group. So actually anyone that's wanting to look for a therapist, uh, supervisor LGBT based, they can also find that within us. We haven't advertised that, but that's there, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, that, you know, we need to grow the website and add a little bit more information on as well. Yeah. So for all you listeners out there who are maybe wanting to look into therapy, what's the website, Tara? It's talktherainbow.co.uk. <laughs> no Milton. And uh, once you go onto the website, um, you yeah. will get to see both of our lovely faces as well as all the other therapists. Yeah, if absolutely. you go in to meet the team, I think it is, or meet us. Um, yeah, I yeah. think um, that's one good thing that impresses me about that is that the, the people looking for a therapist can actually go down the list 
There's a bio of each of the therapists, and you can actually pick the one you feel is right for you. You're not yeah. going in blind. You actually, you know, yeah. choose yourself. Yeah. So what we do do when people kind of contact us, they get an email response which asks several questions, pertinent questions. So, you know, we realise that not everyone's going to work. You know, what do you want? What's sexuality your therapist you want? What is the gender your mm -hmm. therapist want? You know. You know, are there things that are particular to you that you feel that you need to be comfortable in? And that's not about saying, oh, I can't work with someone that's gay or I can't. It's just about accepting that clients need what clients need, you know? Yeah, important. absolutely. And I think that if they know, if we know that and they know what they want going in, that also creates like the beginning of a, of a really special rapport. I, I, think the, I think the strange part is organizing it and making those connections with people and we pass them on to the, the therapist because that's what we do we give them usually more than one option mm -hmm. so they get choice and what's interesting we kind of say that to the, the person have a chat with a the therapist try and work go by your gut see what one if it feels right it probably if it doesn't feel right don't feel embarrassed to say no as well because that's really important because mm. you could spend an awful lot of money with a therapist that you don't feel comfortable in but you're kind of trying to be in therapy Yes, it's always something that I talk about in the first session. <laughs> you know, if you don't like me, just set. No, I'm just kidding. You know, if, if you're not if you're not feeling that rapport, yeah. if if there's something here that's not just you're not feeling quite that that level of connection that you needed or want or were expecting, let's talk through that because yeah. it's not about me. This experience is 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 about you. Yeah. So one last thing: if there's any LGBT therapists there that want to join us, mm -hmm. that's the other thing we we you know we encourage as well. Make make contact. Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. and that's through the same website. Yes, yeah, Sarah? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Shout out LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Candy Flip and Strawberry Fields forever. Another good choice there, Mr. Star. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Yeah, I usually I don't like remakes because the original was was really good from the Beatles, but that is really cracking remake. How could you not like a group that's called Candy Flip? I know, right? <laughs> Do you know what it's a reference to? No. Flip flops. You're going to tell us. Sweet. It's it's actually a drugs reference. Uh, I believe that a Candy Flip was one half of LSD and one half of ecstasy. These were the rave days. You I know wish what it you'd was like? Me, late eighties, really early nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's so. People are so creative. <laughs> so <laughs> creative. It's, it's a great name for a pop group as well. It is. Candy yeah. Flip. They didn't have much success, but that was a number well, three hit. If they called themselves Candy Flip Flop, I reckon they would have done better. Not <laughs> 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 right, Steph. Right, time for news. <laughs> This is Crowdtown News. The vulnerability of isolated young white men to grooming by far-right-wing ideology online has been laid bare by a court case at the Old Bailey. A 17-year-old boy with some learning difficulties was found to have bought into internet Nazism and then spread its extremist message himself. He defaced a mural to the Windrush generation with far-right emblems 
and let off a smoke bomb at the Queer Emporium, the LGBTQ shop in Cardiff. He collected knives and had a fascination with the German Nazis who turned Central Europe into a murderous dictatorship between 1933 and 1945. The independent newspaper and Queerly Radio says that prosecutor Lucy Jones described him as an isolated and angry youth who spends a considerable amount of time reading extreme right-wing white supremacist literature and he also had violent fantasies. Ms Jones added, there appears to be an unhealthy interest in school shootings as well and videos showing live coverage of these shootings taking place. Anti-fascist analysts said that the radicalisation of the boy online demonstrated that the far-right threat increasingly came from lone terrorist types. The dissident broadcasting station Radio Liberty and Radio Free Europe, which transmit programming to the east of Europe and Central Asian countries lacking in democracy, says that a group of Afghan women's rights activists have launched a hunger strike in Germany to protest against the policies of Afghans ruling Taliban that limits the rights and freedoms of Afghan women. The hunger strikers, who have set up camp in the German city of Cologne, want the Taliban's policies against women to be internationally recognised as gender apartheid. After returning to power two years ago, the hardline Islamist group has banned women from education and from working in most economic sectors. Peace News reports that the Autumn London Radical Book Fair is scheduled to take place on Saturday the 4th of November at Goldsmiths University, number 8, Lewisham Way. Full programme will be released nearer the time, but expect radical booksellers, authors, publishers, magazine makers, campaign groups, workshops and talks. LGBTQIA plus campaign groups will be amongst the many activist organisations represented, and as many LGBTQIA plus people are involved in progressive campaigning, for all sorts of issues and charities, this autumn event, as the November leaves swirl outside, could be just the place to pick up presents for the festive season for the many radicals in your life. Ewan Wynne on the North Wales Hospital Radio Service, Radio Aspati Gwyneth, was marking Freddie Mercury's birthday on the 5th of September. The famous bisexual Asian hero and lead singer and songsmith with legendary rock stars Queen would have been 77 years of age. Ewan referred to his voice made in heaven and the fact that he was destined to stardom with his showmanship and songwriting skills. Well, we concur. Happy birthday, Freddie. And finally, two gay legends of music, Rufus Wainwright and the Scissor Sisters frontman Jake Shears were united on stage during the final week of the BBC Proms and broadcast live on the BBC's arts network, BBC Radio 3. Mr Wainwright was returning to the Proms with his composition One Symphonic One and Two. He invited Mr Shears to duet with him on a song called Old Whore's Diet, accompanied by the BBC Concert Orchestra. Rufus Wainwright says, I have known Jake for my entire career. He actually gave me the Scissor Sisters tape with some of their early demos and asked me for advice, and then they became bigger than anything I'd ever heard of. I've always admired him for his musical vision, and I am so excited that we finally got the chance to properly sing together and sing a song of mine that I think we can both relate to very well. 
The proms, which returned, refer to a promenade concert, have been run and broadcast by the BBC since 1930, but were formally inaugurated in 1895, before the advent of radio, by a number of notable classical music figures led by Henry Wood. Wikipedia also notes that informal promenade concerts have been in existence in London since 1838, meaning that the proms have a continuous history dating back nearly 200 years. The season is a significant event in British culture and in classical music. The Czech conductor, Jiri Bihonovec, described the proms as the world's largest and most democratic music festival. BBC Radio 3, meanwhile, which broadcasts the majority of the proms today, can be found on FM between 90 and 92 megahertz, and on DAB radio as well as on Freeview and cable platforms. Well, do remember to keep in touch through the week with LGBTQIA plus news feeds via magazines, online websites and podcasts and radio services. The website Pride Aid has a comprehensive list of LGBTQIA plus radio stations online. And you should also check out our web feeds at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, I've been Terry Starr. <laughs> Shout out news, national and international LGBT news for you. The Shout Out Podcast. LMC and you two chucked in the blender and there you have Take Me to the Clouds Above. Another good choice, Terry. A memory of Thank that one? It's a great record, isn't it? It's just so bouncy, and it yeah. samples a really great track by U2 as well. So It is. Any memories of why you chose that particular one, or is it just one of your favourites? It's oh. just clubbing, baby, isn't it? Yeah, it's it just is. on the gay club scene and on gay radio ever, stations. You've Fantastic. never called me baby before, Terry. Absolutely. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm, um, now, I'm now entering the same generation as you, so you can be baby as well. Okay. Um, that is a very short track as well. Two minutes forty eight seconds for for something that is a Yeah, short for a pop version. track. There is yeah. a long version available on oh, uh, you'll sure find it on is. all download yeah. platforms. Somebody's yeah. put together a seventeen and a half minute mix. <laughs> <laughs> Too long for shout outs for me. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> right, we're now gonna have a listen to my chat with Belsky. This segment is sponsored by Talk to the Rainbow Councillor. Visit talktotherainbow.co.uk. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. She's back. It's Belsky. How many times have you been on the show now? Hi, thank you so much for having me back. It's lovely to be here. Yes, this is my third amazing time on your show. So the first one was menstruation. It was blood, glorious blood. So it was bleeding. So vaginas were involved. Yes. And their come on was me, no pause, uh, my menopause show. So there they are. Too. But today we are here to talk about the clitoris. Wow. So are- I wasn't expecting you to say that. So we have a whole show on the clitoris, and the title is Clitoracy, Are You Clitorate? And that amazing title I um, got from an American artist called Sophia Wallace. So in 2012, Sophia Wallace did a TED Talk, so you can all go away and watch it after the show, um, called Clitoracy. And it was her activism. She created a massive sculpture of a clitoris to educate people the anatomy, and everything that goes with it. So the show title comes from Sophia Wallace's 2012 TED Talk. 
So yes, we are. We ended up in a whole show on the clitoris, and I can tell you why. My previous show, Me No Pause, I, I started the show with um, a history of all the ridiculous treatments that people going through menopause were offered. And I got to Queen Victoria's reign, and in Victorian London in the 1880s, women were offered a clitoridectomy. The removal of the external clitoris obviously didn't work, absolutely horrific. So I thought, oh, this is interesting. I need to read up on it. So after menopause show, I started researching on, well, why were women given clitoridectomies? What did it do? And that was how another reason why I ended up writing a whole show about the clitoris um, coming from there. So that were my two kind of inspirations, Sophia Wallace and 1880s London. Wow. So was this widely done? Because this sounds barbaric. It is. It's horrific. So the main perpetrator was Isaac Baker Brown, and he was a surgeon. He was an obstetrician. And it was that awful time where a man owned the woman. If the woman was being annoying, the man could take him to the clinic to have the operation to calm her down. Um, so, yeah, it was... It was done over a number of years and eventually he was struck off because he claimed that it could cure everything and he was making a lot of money from it and obviously it didn't cure the symptoms it was supposed to cause and it was just basically men trying to control women so yeah he was shut down but it in um yes so that's in my history section so the show is not strictly speaking comedic it has some more serious parts where i give you content like ted talky but there are some fun parts and we get a bit sexy are we okay to get a bit sexy here on the show go on then so one of the things that i feel very strongly about is in education today um, people are not taught about the body part, the clitoris. You come out of primary school at age 11, you know testicles, penis, vagina. And everyone's taught that a penis can get an erection and can ejaculate, but you're not taught that if you own a, a vagina and a vulva that you have a clitoris and all the things it can do. Whereas in France, France is amazing. So in all my research, France are totally smashing it. So they have the clitoris in their school anatomy textbooks. And I was doing the Clitracy show in Brighton Fringe in May, and I had an A-level biology teacher in the audience. And they put their hand up and said, it's not in A-level biology. So it's just erased. It's absolutely outrageous. So it's part of the political side is, is AFAB people, people with a clitoris, it's denying their sexual pleasure. Let's not mention the clitoris, give it a name, tell you about its anatomy, everything it can do, because then you can't talk about it and enjoy it. Whereas if you've got... You know, assigned male at birth, Jenna Taylor. We all know about that and how it works. So the show is also kind of addressing that very clear difference in education, in science, in culture. And, you know, I'm sure we've all experienced on Instagram anything to do with sex, vulvas, vaginas. You get flagged and closed and blocked and you're educating. Mm. So, yeah, so that's one of my uh, missions. But the um, fun. Did it? Um, do you think that it stems back from being a Protestant country um, and the, from the Catholic Church as well? Do you think it's all that where this uh, this stems from? That's a really good question. In my research and my history section, I kind of didn't go into the religious side. I went more into like the historical context as a whole. So yes, I say 
Victorian period, you don't talk about sex, certainly not allowed to masturbate, not allowed to get have sex or get pregnant outside of marriage. So I guess maybe that was from the church. You're probably right. That's a really good point because I haven't even touched on that in the show at all. So, I mean, in different cultures, if you look back at Persia, you look back, right back, right through history, they were talking about the clitoris. So it has been there. It's to do with, I don't know, Western society denial um, so one of the fun parts of the show is we learn all the parts of the clitoris. So I say to the audience, how many parts of the clitoris can you name? And unless somebody's kind of in medicine or a doctor, they don't generally know. And we have an audience sing along. Wow. And I've got a very cool crochet clitoris, which somebody made for me. And that's on, on stage with me. And also we talk about vulvas and vaginas. We talk about all the language. And also, particularly if you identify as trans or non-binary in the language that our community uses to describe like the junk in our trunk. And also I talk about what is sex. And, you know, as I'm sure listeners appreciate, in mainstream society, sex is viewed as heteronormative and what we call phallocentric perspective. You know, it's a penis going in a vagina and there's so many other types of sex. So I talk about that language as well and what is an orgasm. So, yeah, it's just like trying to modernise. It's like I try and market the show as a sex ed you were never had. So it's kind of looking at it from lots of different angles, really bringing in the queer perspective as well and saying, you know, there are alternatives to heteronormative penis and vagina sex. If you do that, that's totally fine. But other models are available. Um, so right, yeah, just so talking- where, where can people go to see this? Because I'm intrigued about different parts of a clitoris. I, I thought it was just one clitoris. Now I'm really intrigued. So yeah. where can people go to catch up and get educated? Oh, thank you. So it's Saturday, the 16th of September at the Alma Theatre and Tavern in Clifton, Bristol. So it's a lovely venue. Come early, get a meal. They do great food. The show is an interval show. It's my first two hour show. So the act one is an hour and then you have an interval, then act two. So you would need no two and a half hours. So Saturday, the 16th of September at the Alma Theatre and Tavern, Clifton, Bristol. You can get tickets on the Alma website. I'm Belsky, B-E-L-S-Z-K-I. You can get it on my website, belsky.com, or on my Instagram of the same name. And um, we have a phone quiz. So we go there, we're going to do a quiz, and you can graduate with a PhD in literacy. I have real certificates. So we have a little fun quiz. And you get to sculpt a Play-Doh clitoris. Because after all your education about the parts of a clitoris, you get to actually make one. And we always get really great photos of all the Play-Doh clits. Wow just wow now you're not just um playing bristol are you you were you mentioned um brighton are, are you performing in other parts of the country later in the year yes i will be yet to be booked so i um i did an early version of the show in london in march and then in brighton fringe in may then i had a break so very excited about getting back to the clits in uh bristol in september and then just um sign up to my mailing list on my website and you can stay in for there will definitely be a london show in the next couple of months and i will be touring okay belsky thank you very much and um break a leg with your thank you so much (laughs) you're the show everyone thank you very much this segment was sponsored by talk to the rainbow visit talktotherainbow.co.uk shout out lgbt radio for you the shout out podcast 
That's brand new from Grace Carter. Brilliant track called Riot. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. Well, I never expected to ever do an interview about clitorises. <laughs> ever. In my journalistic career was I headed for that point in my life. <laughs> I thought that was an absolutely superb interview. We've had Belsky on the show before and she never fails to educate and make me laugh. It's very true, actually. I agree. So, you know, if that's what she can give an interview on Shout Out, imagine what she can do if you're in the audience of one of her live yeah. shows. I feel completely yeah. educated. <laughs> For two hours as well. Yeah, I really want to yeah. make Play-Doh Clitorises and I never thought I'd say that, but, you know, <laughs> you, learn, you learn new things every day. You do. <laughs> There, there is a serious point, though, isn't yeah. there? I mean, in the United Kingdom, sex education lags decades behind France, Germany, the Netherlands, Denmark, all our European neighbours, because of this kind of like Daily Mail, Daily Telegraph reading, kind of, oh, well, we can't possibly talk about that. And I know so many people of my generation, certainly, that left, left school quite ignorant of yeah you know of sex and sexuality and reproduction mm. and had to educate ourselves and not always in the best possible way so yeah. to protect young people we need proper education that's the way i think yeah a lot yeah. of lgbt plus out people of feel. um out of the four of us that are um doing the show tonight can anyone mention the parts of a clitoris no 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 no, indeed. Well, wow. I, I'm happy I didn't to even admit know that. there were separate parts to a clitoris. I thought it was just one thing. Well, we'll do some googling after the show. <laughs> <laughs> what can you, obviously, what can you we're, say? Obviously, <laughs> we're going to get some play-doh. <laughs> okay. Be ready for the next show. Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see how we go. <laughs> well, you've got to make it yourself. That's what, the whole point. What the, I've got to make the Play-Doh myself. No, the clitoris. Well, yeah, that's fine. Okay, I just thought you were like really bringing back like the the, <laughs> the creativity or taking it to the next level. I'm yeah. going to make my own Play-Doh, but I will I will buy some and make a clitoris. Okay. All right, let's do it. It's going to be a fun weekend, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we're not going out on Sunday now. <laughs> Too much information. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, we're going to do something else now, aren't we, Stephanie Barney? Yes, we are. Before we leave, and um, we've got only a few minutes left, now, it was mm. Terry's 50th. Now, Terry is locked away under the stairs with um, Brad Pitt. Is it Brad Pitt, Terry? It changes. It changes with the wind, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> it was Tom Daly last time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, in his speedos. Yeah, <laughs> right. So what we're going to do, we're going to physically open your birthday present from us. <gasps> so go ahead. Make okay. a lot of crinkly noise. I'm doing it, listeners. I'm doing it. I'm making it as loud as possible. It's like one of those AMSR. It's really uh, well wrapped. It is well wrapped. That's well, right. so, so the brown paper, now right. into. Are you ready? Blue into paper. the blue. Are you ready? Nice blue wrapping Three, paper. Two, Stand by, Terry. 